This week on the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. Yeah, solo Leia with Chewbacca. Yeah. Who's and I don't, I don't even run Reigns and Braun, I run Push because Chewie often is just like, you know. Dead. <laughs> Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a podcast focused on tactics and competitive play for Star Wars Legion. Hosted by Kyle Dornboss, Michael Barry, and David Zelenka, with Jay Shalansky, the man behind the glass. Hey guys, welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels. We're all doing super swell today. It's Memorial Day weekend, and we've been talking about baseball, which I know absolutely nothing about in Jay's Piss, so he's going to mute himself for the entire cast. <laughs> How you guys doing? Marvelous. Excellent. Delighted. Sweet. Um, we got a lot to talk about today, unless you had um, some a pretty sick dope weekend at KublaCon, yeah? Yeah, we had an amazing, amazing event at KublaCon this weekend. So... Well, before we get uh, into that... I, yeah, I have some backgrounds. We can, we can dive into that, but let's go ahead and talk about NEO yeah. before we dive in. Before, because we've, we've told Jay he can't talk today, because what am I... Am I an overlord? What was I last week? Uh, yeah, an overlord. The overlord, yeah. I'm the overlord. You gave Jay supply. Can't talk. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we've got NEO coming up. It's July 6th and 7th. Make sure you guys sign up. Um, I'm pretty sure the last time we talked, you know, spots were going pretty quickly. So make sure that you, you know, sign up as soon as you can. Make sure that you don't, you know, miss out on it. Um, it's going to be fantastic. We're all going to be there. Um yeah i there's some cool order tokens and stuff that um jay's got kind of finagled for it and um yeah anything additional on any of or you want to jump into kubicon uh let's do let's talk about kubla man um i'm looking forward to any by the way we're all going to be there so uh you know this is your chance to come meet us in person if you haven't already well um, that's not why you should come you should that's come not why you should come awesome. but Oh, okay, yeah, fine. Like completely, <laughs> but also hang out with us because we'd love to meet you. But, more to the point. But if but if you don't have a reason currently to come, and that is on your list of things to do, you should come. Yeah, if if, if yeah, never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, well, well, this podcast will be just like Star Wars, saved in the edit. So, you know. All right, let's talk about Kublacon. All right. Ah, uh, gosh miserable all right so kublacon um was amazing uh so a little bit of background so the relationship between fantasy flight and the people that run kublacon has been a little bit frosty over the last few years you don't say you don't say so uh we were going to put on this event hopefully to get their attention and say like hey you know you should come back (laughs) with your events so uh, a bunch of us from the Bay Area who are huge fans of FFG got together and said, let's do a tournament for Legion at KublaCon. And we spent about five months planning and getting it all together and getting all the terrain secured and uh, making sure we had the venue lined up and everything. And, and um, we had a 32-player tournament. Only two people didn't show. And we had 30 people there. And nobody dropped, which was awesome. I think that means we ran it well. Uh, we had some awesome awards for like painting and the top eight got a IOUs from us for Bosk and Sabine because they didn't get released when we thought they were going to get released. 
Um, the top prizes, though, were a pro-painted landspeeder and a pro-painted tank, both of which we were very happy to give away to the winners. And uh, their runner-ups in the fa in faction, they were awarded like by factions. So, like the best empire player got the pro-painted tank, the best rebel player got the pro-painted landspeeder, and their runner-ups for both those categories got the unpainted tank and landspeeder to add to their collections. So I think a lot of folks were really pleased. Those uh, folks that uh, came to this thing were very pleased. Um, everybody who showed up got some acrylic deployment zone markers. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, it was a two-day event. We decided to section it out into two days. We had a, a Swiss tournament on the first day uh, with pretty generous round times. We had like two and a half hours for uh, play. And with so 15-minute setup, 15-minute playtime for folks and um all in all it was a really good day i i was the head judge there was no like nothing really controversial everybody was very very chill and friendly and it was so nice to meet everybody and uh we we've met some people from like uh, uh the discord we met like you know genghis john we met a few other people mr Merthrandir, and um did, he, did he i was there nima was there no he didn't unfortunately he did not bring gandalf sadly I wish he did. Um, but yeah, and uh, people from Discord like decaf. By the way, decaf won the whole thing. We'll get to that in just a minute. But um, uh, in terms of rebels to empire, it was pretty even. And in fact, the top eight was four reb, four rebels, and four empire players. Uh, this was a not like a hugely competitive event. Although some people did bring like you know top tier lists. Um, but the coolest part I thought I thought was that the rebels that made the cut were all doing so running jank like that was kind of fun um but of course during the day two cut the first round it all ended up being empire versus rebels and all the rebels lost so just like immediately all the rebels got dumped dumped out of the cut it was a little bit sad for me but then again um if you're running like three wookies and a land speeder you're probably not gonna survive against like double death troopers like i don't think that happens Although props to Tom for running that. He, he runs it really, really well, and uh, it shows. So yeah, uh, all in all, it was an excellent event. It was my first time ever like creating an event. And um, some of us in the group of us, there's like five of us there, that um, you know were getting it all together and making it all happen. And I mean, it was super fun. And uh, we've learned a lot, and we're going to try again uh, later this year. That's the hope. And we're going to see if we can pull it off again in October. Um, more details on that forthcoming. Sweet. But um, I think the biggest takeaway, though, from Kubla is that our community is strong. And our community is just a bunch of great people, generally. And everybody wants to help out and make events happen. And um, we're going we're gonna to follow Yoda's advice to Luke. We're going to pass on what we've learned. And we're going uh, to keep paying it forward. That's awesome. Yeah, this was a great, a great day. Oh, by the way, in the finals, Vader, there was a Vader in the finals. By the way, uh, Kevin, who also got the, did he win best painted for Empire? I can't remember, but he won one of the painting awards too. So he had like one of the best painted armies, and he made it to the finals with Vader, which was like two big achievements, I think, for a major event. But uh, he got all the way to turn six. It was like implacable on turn six, and it came down to whether Matong could rally. Matan being his opponent, decaf. Came down to whether Matan could rally a suppression and he managed to do so. And uh, so they were both very, very skilled players and very equally matched. And 
it was an exciting finals and i wish i could have videotaped it but it wasn't uh wasn't that to be how was uh what how was the terrain i've seen some some picks the tables look pretty good oh the ter- oh gosh don't even get me started the terrain was amazing we, we actually like we caught a bunch of people from our community to make some a dude named graham for uh, also known as a sword named folly um donated a couple tables to us and then we had a bunch of 3d printed stuff from um our rpr folks who were part of it um made it happen so my friend named stefan has a bunch of like terrain he made for sigmar but he also has like the imperial terrain desert loading bay and so we we managed to make some really convincing looking tables and the terrain was excellent and actually you can you can actually see the terrain on the event page if you go to facebook and look up uh star wars legion at kublacon 2019 um, you can look at all the pictures of the train and, you know, maybe I can find some, find some shares or sorry, find some pictures to share in the discord as well. If you're on the Legion discord, you can see it, but, um, yeah, uh, the train was excellent and, uh, we were painting right up until the, the last minute. I think we were, we spray painted some roofs on some Naboo terrain, like the morning of, <laughs> so we were, we were super busy trying to get it all together, but in the end it was, it was just great. And, um, Yeah. It it looked just from what I saw too. It looked like you guys had enough um, line of sight blockers and enough also near the centers of tables. Oh, very much by, so by new standards, uh, quote unquote new standards, um, which is good. And um, hopefully that explains why Rebels maybe did a little bit better. Um, you know, I think, and we'll talk a little bit about Rebels and Empire again today. But uh, um, I actually I think Rebels are fine. Um, if the terrain last for me, of course, that's a huge, <laughs> um, of course, that's a huge variable and a huge risk because if, you know, if the terrain is like old meta terrain, pre-death trooper terrain, um, then you're probably not going to be fine. Uh, you know, that's part of the problem too, is the standards for what makes like a fair board have also changed, you know, just in the last few months even. So, um, I think it's definitely a risk to show up with the rebels, um, but it sounds like you guys did a good job sort of adapting to the new the new meta with uh with fair terrain at least based on what i saw from the pics of the tables it helps you know sorry go ahead no you're good you're good it, it just I'll, i'm gonna break up my answer. okay i was just gonna i was just gonna say that it helps that both myself and nima who um, you guys met at lvo um are rebel players and competitive and so we're very sensitive to this pain <laughs> and so we were making a <laughs> we're making our best effort to try to ensure that boards were terrained enough and actually we had more than we needed in fact the community outpouring was so heavy for this event and i think the desire of the community to see this happen was so great that we we actually had more than we needed we had an abundance and so that was excellent that just bodes well for uh, next time if we try to push for 64 people again so um i'm gonna bump the rebels versus empires conversation to now if you guys don't mind because i want to talk about the word that we just used fair yeah that's a good one before before the next word terrain because i'm interested in how we feel generally on i think that we all can maybe haphazardly agree that the boards at adepticon were pretty good and fair uh well with with there was a couple exceptions being like the 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 stream table with the um big things on them was a little wonky and weird um but i think overall the tables at adapticon were on average good and fair i i agree i think 
I mean, I, I think what is fair, or at least what makes the game balance, has changed since Adepticon, even. Right. So I guess I, that's kind of the point I want to bring up is that if we're now in a point where um, Death Troopers and Range 4 stuff is so good that we have to change the um, terrain meta to something that is quote-unquote more fair for Rebels, is it really fair to Imperials to do that? Um, well, if it results in a game that's balanced, I think it is. Insofar as, like, Legion is unique versus, say, X-Wing, in that we as players and the community have, we have control over some factors of balance, and specifically terrain, right? Like, we don't have control over the points costs, we don't have control over what the units do, but we have control over the tables that we put them on. And right now you have a situation, uh, you know, where um, the one faction empire is getting much better um, long range shooting. Um, and rebels, I think, still have an advantage in close assault units and also in speed and mobility. Um, sure. So, you know, so Jay says describe a table that's fair. Um, what I mean by a table that is now fair uh, is one that has probably more line of sight blockers than you think you need. And those line of sight blockers. Some of them need to be near the center of the table. Um, so, are we? Is your concept of fair like closer to like a forty k city fight now? Or like how, like where, how, how deep down the rabbit hole are we getting in in that regard? Yeah, I don't know that you have to go like urban city fight dense, but like if you look at you know uh, we already talked about the Kubla tables. Um, if if you if you look at the Kublacon terrain tables, I think those are fine. If you look at um, most of the uh, TTS eliminations maps, not the round robin maps, but the eliminations maps, I think those are fine. Um, and you'll see that they have a lot of broken up sight lines. It's it doesn't you know if you look if you look top down, it doesn't look like overly dense, but this the the table, you know, edge to edge sight lines are broken up in more interesting ways because you have things like walls and buildings and things like that that break up the sight lines. Um, one of the, sorry, I'll just interrupt here. One of the most interesting pieces that we had at KubelCon, I feel, was a engine section of a YT thirteen hundred that had crashed into the sand, and it created a piece of terrain whereby you had a big line of sight blocker, but the base of it kind of surrounded the center, not in a way that um, prevented either side from accessing it as easily. So in that case, it was a piece of line of sight blocking terrain that was near the center, not in the center, would still be a KP, but was, was large enough that people had decent access to it in a, in a way that, you know, both sides could, could profit by it rather than having it benefit solely one side. And that was because we faced it, um, we faced the direction of the engine piece. Like if you take the front of the ship as forward, we faced it towards one of the short edges and we did that deliberately. And uh, that was just one idea here is you can have like a piece of terrain that, that partially surrounds mid so that the box for recover is on the ground and that you still have decent access to the mid for KP and intercept. So that's one, just one idea of what might constitute in the future a fair board. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, so. Just full disclosure, I hadn't looked at the Kuba boards until just now, but um, I, they all look really good. I will say that a a few of them I think are like approaching a terrain density that is very dense as opposed to what we've been playing on, for sure. I'm right, not we did it on wrong. purpose. We I guess, actually I, I, were going towards. I guess my point here is that, like, right, we, you know, if excuse if me, four months ago, you know, it was okay to pay 120 points for a range for a unit, and then all of a sudden, everybody is putting way more dense terrain down on the boards. Um, like, I, 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 what I would like to see is a structured tournament regulations for terrain saying this this is what the like our units and our points costs are like based on like this is what you need to have on the table and it doesn't need to be like super specific but i think it does need to be like a very rough guide as to like this is what competitive terrain should look like to some extent because i feel like we're kind of like throwing darts at a dartboard and changing what the terrain is like based on the units that are available, which feels really weird to me. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, I don't disagree, but, um, you know, terrain is what makes games like Legion much more, in my opinion, interesting than games like X-Wing, you know, where you just have a couple asteroids on the field and it's in space, um, or Armada. Yeah. Um, or uh, side side note about X Wing, by the way, there's now they have terrain now, but it's actually like smaller than the asteroids. So if you're bringing a Tie Swarm, you can now deliberately bring small <laughs> okay. small pieces to avoid having to negotiate large yeah. rocks. But that's always been true since 1.0. You brought you brought rocks for your list. A lot of people would bring like the big rocks because they yeah. could they could um, mess people up with them. And it's it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse too, right? Because as a player. You know, like you're referencing in X-Wing, you have some control over what ends up on the table, right? As far as obstacles yes. are concerned. In Legion, you have no control yeah. over what ends up on the table. So like I referenced before, you know, uh, Empire's... So and maybe maybe the conclusion here is that the factions are not balanced, which I think is what uh, that's that's that where way. I eventually um, want this road to end up. But but I figured this is a good starting place. Yeah. So I think I think Empire is fine on both an open table and on a dense table. Um, I think rebels are fine on a and by dense. So I don't know that it needs to be more than twenty five percent. Still, um, I think twenty five percent is probably still fine. You just have to think more about firing lanes, and maybe you need to bump up, you know, the percentage of that twenty five percent that is line of sight blockers with things like walls versus scatter terrain, and just think about their positioning a little more carefully, um, like the. You know, that temple terrain you referenced from Adepticon that was one of the two stream tables is like a perfect example of a table that had a ton of line of sight blockers that were positioned very poorly. Yeah, absolutely. There was uh, there was no place to hide on that board. Well, there were places to hide, but they were all on the edges of the table. Well, yeah, I mean, there was no place <laughs> relevant to hide on that board. Right, exactly. And that's an important consideration, right? Like on that table, you know, everyone's seen these streamed games. Um, it, it, You know, you had these two massive temples. Uh, which of course blocked a ton of line of sight, but they were on either side of the middle, and then the middle was just like this big open area. Yeah. And most objectives revolve around fighting in the middle. So if you had to, you know, if you wanted to score whatever the middle objective was, whether it's a box or a key position or intercept, 
um, you had to cross no man's land. Basically, it's like a World War One style table. Yeah, or it was. And and heaven forbid um, we had death troopers at that point. Like that. Oh that would have been. Yeah. That would have been gross. Yeah, it would have been. It's yeah. So it's not that you need like more terrain than before, but you definitely need to think about where that terrain is and where those line of sight blockers are and how that creates fire lanes. Yeah. Like I think so. We talk a lot about fire lanes. Like what is a fire lane? Um, you know, it's it's a uh for <laughs> basically like something that you can look down and see targets and uh you know they're either long or they're short, right? Um, so I think you need to limit maybe a little more intentionally how many long fire lanes there are, firing lanes, fire lanes, um, than before in like big open areas where there's not even lanes, it's just big and open, um, I think are also very bad, at least now. Um, I think it makes for a much more interesting game, and I think it's always made for a much more interesting game when you have line of sight blockers that actually break up you know, your lines of fire on the table in meaningful ways, especially around the center. Um, yeah. It's it's so. notable that I think that um, if you can put like a sniper somewhere on the board and it can see everything or close to everything, that's like a pretty good indicator that you need like way more LOS line of sight right. blocking terrain. Exactly. Like yep, for sure. Um, I don't know. I so I I want to caveat this whole conversation because I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I just um. It, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth to have to kind of even have this conversation at all um, because I think that it's indicative of a larger systemic problem. Um, yeah, and I, I certainly agree that um, uh, Empire has a... And we haven't even seen Bosk on real tables yet or Short Troopers, but um, you know they, they appear to have a significant advantage uh, at long ranges. Um, and, uh, you know, Bosk, at least we've seen in, in TTS, and it seems like they'll continue to do so once he's out. Um, so, and, uh, you know, we'll see how this develops, but, like, it, it doesn't look like this problem is fixing itself anytime soon. No, and I, um, I, don't, I don't think it's going away. Fr- from a unit mix perspective. Yeah, I mean, it, it's totally possible that Republic and... Um, the Confederacy come out and all of a sudden there's like, <clears throat> maybe rebels aren't good on, you know, open tables, but, you know, droids might be cause they've just got like a billion dudes or whatever. Um, you know, and that might just kind of, kind of like naturally counter the Imperial, um, range advantage. Uh, I don't know, but it, it might turn into like a rock, paper, scissors game. I'm also not sure if that's what we want, you know? Um, but yeah, that's not that's not necessarily good either. Yeah. But we're getting into speculative territory anyway. There, so. Um. Um, can I speak to the point about um, how being out of your hands and then cha- you know terrain changes between events and things like that? Well, uh, LJ has the Legion tournament circuit, and I've talked to him briefly anyway about creating some sort of guideline for folks. And so, I mean, maybe I think there's there's room for people to weigh in in various fora, wherever they are, Facebook, Discord, you know, sending us messages, whatever, to weigh in about what the standard might want to be. And obviously, right, we don't, we run into the, we run into limiting people's creativity, right, when we talk about standardizing competitive setups. We also, 
um, possibly limit replayability because we say, well, if there's only, you know, 12, 12 setups we consider acceptable, there will be a moment where people run out of fun because they've played every setup. And, um, you know, people figure out setups because these things are figure outable. They're not formulaic. You can do repeated trial runs on various maps and figure out where the best things are, um, which we do anyway because the map pools are fixed for Invader League. They don't change. Uh, so that's just going to put the online issue into real life. And so it's a, it's a problem, but I think people should weigh in and they should say, you know, what what could be done? What are some configurations that people have found fun? And are there patterns that recur? And can we recreate those patterns? And can we rearrange those patterns so that they become less boring, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely don't think we want to like end up in Starcraft land, right? Where like, I've got my mineral patch, no. you've got your mineral patch, and like everything's the same, and it's a completely right. asymmetric right. board. Like that, that doesn't sound like fun to me. Right. Um, I, I took my second natural, <laughs> yeah, yeah. etc. You know, you know exactly um, where it is. Yeah. But you know, I, I do think that you know something as simple as you need like seven pieces of line of sight blocking terrain that are at least six inches long, or something like that, on the table. You know. Th- Guidelines like that are, I think, a little bit more reasonable, and I think they're a good place to start. You know, like, a a quarter of the table being terrain is not really enough. Like, for instance, the board that I've got at home is, like, I have, like, one or two pieces of line of sight blocking terrain, and they don't even block it very well because they're round structures. And everything else is, like, heavy cover bushes types. It's like an Endor thing, right? I've got, like, some, I've got, like, some, like, big Endor trees, but they don't really block line of sight well enough to like block a whole squad um unless you're like right up against it and like in a single file line or something weird um so uh yeah i don't know i i just think that um we we got to start having that conversation now i guess to the end where we're talking about rebels and imperials and kyle you alluded to this a little bit you know um Uh, the meta in Invader League seems to be pointing, at least in my opinion, towards um, Imperials being kind of top dog right now. Yeah, uh, so there's a there's a couple of comments there. Um, one is, if you look at... So I think, and we've just talked about this before too, I think the Rebel meta, or at least the units that are competitive, um, is boring. Right, like that's a fairly short list. Um, we're talking about Z sixes and snipers, and it's like four units plus Leia a few upgrades, beast, basically, in some combination. Yeah, five units if you include right. saboteurs. So if you look at, so there there were eleven rebels that made the cut, um, and we've already talked about the fact that the round robin maps were not, at least by what we're talking about here, quote unquote fair yep. boards. Uh, they were too open. Um, now of those eleven. I was looking at the lists just before this cast. Of those 11 rebels that made the cut, only three of them actually ran a list, you know, that was quote unquote like uh, competitive rebel meta. Leia plus either Luke or Sabine plus a bunch of Z6s plus triple snipers. Um, the other eight ran something else, whether it's like, you know, Han Leia Chewie or um, some like Luke Sabine. Um, you know, some combination that was not your quote-unquote standard, like, variation on the, you know, what we've referred to as the Wonder Twins build, which is Luke sure. and Leia. Um, you know, one of the one of the Rebel players that's actually the only Rebel player now that's left is Kingsley. 
um, who's running Leia Sabine uh, with six Z6s and three snipers. So um, I think that's, so I'm facing him, I guess, uh, I guess it'll be today. Well, tomorrow, tomorrow when we're recording, right? but yeah, when this gets released, it'll be today. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, well, I think so, his list but here's is really the thing, right? Um And, and also it's Kingsley. You're not looking forward to it because Kingsley <laughs> or because his list is really solid. Like I, Kingsley could literally bring like, you know, 10 rebel trooper, one man squads. And I feel like, I mean, that might be blowing it out of proportion, but you yeah, know, he's, um, he's, 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 yeah, he could know. play with a flock of seagulls and he'd probably, he is, he is mortal. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is mortal, but yeah, he's really good. Well, yeah. and, and so, um, you know, we're now, in like the middle of round the quarterfinals for invader league um i don't think we quite have the top four ironed out yet is your do you know if your guys uh, is the last match we are the last uh nikki myland beats him today so i think it's just me and kingsley um okay so we we definitely have three imperials in the top four um and we're i'm gonna be optimistic here and go 60 40 for an imperial <laughs> victory and we'll be uh <laughs> top top four for um will be completely imperials uh you know but i would like to kind of back that up and say you know the top eight you know we were talking about the you know there was at least three of those kind of competitive wonder twins lists yeah, they're all they gone well except for kingsley's but well yes. i mean his isn't even a wonder twins list though you know well it's it's a variation on the wonder no, it's, twins it's, with sabine instead of it's Luke, sabine layer which yeah. i think is oh, fine i think that's a good list I mean, it's 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 a, a jumping hero with <laughs> right. a lightsaber, yeah. you know. Sure. Leia plus jumping hero with lightsaber yeah. and strong sure. save. It's exactly like Veers or Krennic plus jumping hero with a strong save with sharpshooter two, which is Boba Fett. Uh, it's worth noting too. Also, there were a ton of double bounty lists um, at the start of eliminations. I think now there's only no. I think there's still. I think two of the top four. Or two of yeah, but there's also you know, like uh, potentially two single bounty lists that, well, there are currently still two left, mine and Luke Cook, um, and ours were the only two that were running one bounty hunter. Um, so, also the last list to run any armor was in right. the top sixteen. So armor is out. It's it's done. Starstream <laughs> made a valiant effort yeah. with the tank, but it's it's out now. Yeah. Um. I know you're gonna rip me apart for this, but I still think the land speeder is the be- probably the best vehicle in the game right now. I don't I, think I don't think I don't, any, dis- I don't yeah. disagree. I think it's really good. Um, but if your opponent gets super lucky, there's not much you can do about it. I so. mean, yeah, sometimes Bosk and one out of six times Bosk is gonna go five five natties on you, right? But <laughs> uh, try, try one out of a thousand, but okay. Well, I mean, one out of six in that he gets to line and wait you one turn, right? Okay, so, that's like, fair. Yes, um, one turn out of six, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, but uh, interesting statistic for the stats junkies out there. Top eight Invader League, there was 1.125 bounty hunters in every list on average. Including Rebel lists, yeah. Including Rebel lists. <laughs> Which means there were more than, the Empire lists took on average more than one bounty hunter. They're good. Yeah. I actually I don't I don't personally like double bounty, but that's just me. I'm still an Empire noob, so No, if I if I had to pick a list right now as Empire, I'd play Chronic Bobo, hands down. 
Yeah, that's one you get the best of all. You get the best of all three worlds, right? You get Krennic, you get Death Troopers, you get Boba Fett. Yeah, actually, let's talk about that real quick because that was a hot topic over the weekend. Because a lot of people, including I think, um, Decaf, were running some variation of that. Correct? Yeah, they ran Krennic Boba. Yeah, that's the one list. The one Kubla, by the way, was Krennic yeah. Boba. So, um, uh, I know LJ also went to Kubla and he did well. He he made the cut. Uh, with a similar list so basically it's chronic yep. boba fett four stormtroopers with some combination of dlts and medics um three snipers and death troopers which is 10 activations uh with probably two medics in there i think is what i've normally seen um it's really solid you know you have um you have uh like assault answers right you've got whipcord you've got deploy the garrison and you've got voracious ambition all of which can preempt like a Luke or Sabine. Um, and of course, you have plenty of long-range firepower between the Death Troopers and three snipers with medic support. So, um, And then you've got your multi-tool and Boba Fett to go grab a box or score a bounty or do all the awesome things that he does. Um, so it's it's a very solid list. Um, I actually, uh, in my last uh, round-robin game for Invader Lee, I ran Krennic Bosk which is somewhat similar. It sort of skews more towards uh, range four suppression, but um, yeah, Empire players try, uh, go try Kroba as it's being called, Chronic Boba, Death Troopers. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's not like a super forgiving list to pilot if you're not experienced with it. Um, you know, cause you've got a lot of, you've got like several very sharp tools. Uh, rather, it's not like a, you know, it's not like my Invader League list, which is just a bunch of Stormtroopers and Bosk and Veers, um, where you can take a punch, and if you screw up, it's not the end of the world. Um, but Krennic is significantly harder to play than both. Oh, yeah, no question. Veers. But he's also very toolsy, right? Um, you know, you've got, you've got two cards to preempt some kind of close assault or for other fun shenanigans in those one and two pips that I recommended. And, of course, you can uh, manage suppression really well um, with Compel and thrown it down with your entourage death troopers and annihilation looms so um he does die really easily though if you throw him out there uh <laughs> sometimes it's better just to hide him behind a line of sight blocker and um you know have him yell at people um but yeah we're we're getting off off topic a little bit um am i am i crazy to bring rebels to worlds yes no Absolutely, objectively, no. yes. So here's here's the, here's the crux of the question for me. I, I think also the short answer is no. I'm more in agreement with David on this one. Um, but the terrain is a wild card. We have no idea what it's going to look like. Um, if you know the boards are quote like we've already talked about quote unquote old meta boards, uh, and I show up to a competitive event like that with rebels, I'm probably just um, certainly at a disadvantage in my opinion. Um, so that's a risk, right? Um, but who knows? We, you know, it, it would be, it would warm my heart if we got to saw those tables in advance. Saw, see, if we got to see those tables in advance. Um, but I don't think we're going to, so that's definitely a factor I mean, in my decision. You, I'm not going to lie. I, I think that from my understanding, the world's tables are going to be very showy. Um, yeah, but what does what does that mean? In my opinion, well, so um, in my experience, showy tables 
are not always, and actually most of the time, not nearly as functional as tables that were designed to be functional. Um, that's my concern. Yeah, and if that's the case, then I'm going to wish I brought Empire if I bring Rebels. Yes. I, I, think, I think that there's a higher likelihood that you're going to wish you had brought Empire when you see the tables, would be my guess. I, I mean, clearly it's... I think you've got better odds than a coin flip by a significant margin that the tables are not going to be rebel friendly. Well, and in 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 our current conversation. Well, and here's my other consideration. I've got probably more than 60 games with rebels and I have exactly 7 with empire. <laughs> so, well, well, you say you say exactly 7, but let's qualify that, right? It's exactly seven, and you're competing for a top fader for an invader league um, with against like what is questionably one of the most competitive invader leagues we've had to date, and competitive tournaments we've ever had to date with an army that you're not super used to. I think that you're kind of not giving yourself enough credit, and a lot of the mechanical stuff translates. The difference between a Z6 squad. And a DLT squad, from how you play them gameplay wise, is is not that different, you know. Um, yeah, I just I love my I love my uh, my whiny farm boy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 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 totally. But if you know you've been you've been playing Bosk and Invader, if Bosk is not legal for worlds, which it may not be at this point, who knows? Um, I think that this is a more reasonable conversation. Yeah, there's no way I'm playing Empire if Bosk isn't legal. Right. Not not because they're not um, because good, like but because learn... that's what I'm used to. Yeah. Yeah, because like relearning Boba, who you've pretty much played zero games with at this point, um, is probably not something you yeah. have time to do. Um, I think you should hold off until Wednesday morning. <laughs> well, you mean like if I beat Kingsley with Empire, then uh... yeah, I think I think you should you should take that game and study it. Well, it's definitely going to be an important benchmark game. Um, yeah, and uh, if Kingsley kicks your ass and you have some uh, lesson you can glean and you feel like you can emulate said ass kicking, <laughs> then play Rebels. If you think that uh, it was a fluke. And if you think that your, um, if you do win, and if you think that your victory was the result of your good play and not the dice, um, then by all means take Empire. And especially if Bosk is out, take Empire. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Too simple to me. I guess we'll see. If anything, study the heck out of your own footage because that's apparently more useful than playing more games. Is what I understand. Is that like a? Uh... It's like some yeah, some book I read somewhere. <laughs> I don't know who said it was a sports sports ball book. Sports ball. Sports ball. Yeah. Uh, basically said you should you study study your own footage rather than playing more. Cause then you'll know you'll know what you did wrong and you can deliberately practice on those areas that you're weak. Interesting. Rather than just playing again without gleaning lessons. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see how that goes. Kingsley is Kingsley is uh, an excellent player, so um, You'll know what you have to do as Rebels to win if you play him. Yeah. Yeah. When in doubt, copy Kingsley. <laughs> oh, dude, Sabina's so good though. Oh man, she's really. Oh, good. Yeah. I saw her steal or recover the supplies box. She had seven suppression, but I played symbol, so it doesn't matter how much suppression you put on me. 
because when I activate, I recover. Yeah, she's and I just do a double a double move with my box and and win. Yeah, she's, she's the really uh, that one. She's ridiculous. The the recover line on that card has been far more important than I had originally thought it would be. Oh yeah, By a significant margin. Oh yeah, it's insane. Yeah, symbol's really good, but I yeah. think the answer about worlds. Wait till Wednesday, sleep on it, and then watch uh, watch my channel for your uh, for your um, vod because I'll have it. I'll be casting it. It's gonna be a hard game for me to cast because I like you both as players. So, oh, uh, yeah, um, I'm excited. <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm nervous and excited. This will only be the second time I've played Kingsley. Obviously, the last time being at Depticon. So. Why are we timing out? We're we're good. I think I was uh, I was muted. I pulled a Mike I pulled a muted. David. I pulled an endless. Oh, yeah. I was muted and talking. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he was like definitely talking. I was like maybe he's talking to his wife. And then he was like looking at the camera, and I was like, nah, he's talking. To us. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. I pulled an endless. Yep. Okay. Crash. Um. Yeah. Derailed. Yeah. We'll see. So uh, for those that are um, following Invader League, watch that game. It should, hopefully, I'll try not to embarrass myself. So um, should be a good one. You won't embarrass yourself. You won't. Um, <laughs> all right. Should we talk about General Veers? Yeah. I mean, he's in t- five of the top eight Invader League lists. I think we've got to. He's he's really good. If Bos- he's if Bosk wasn't my boyfriend, General Veers would be my boyfriend. Oh boy! General Veer is getting friend zone. <laughs> All right, um, you crit my heart. So I think three of the lists I think were double bounty lists. I think two of them were either Boba or Bosk. I think yeah. Luke was running Boba, and you're running Bosk. Yeah, myself and Luke Cook. Um, yeah, and so notably, one of the things that I uh, wanted to talk about. Um, kind of giddily, um, is that all of the Imperial Officer double bounty lists are gone. They don't exist. They're not in the top eight. No Imperial Officers made the top eight. And the reason I bring that up is because if there was like a large conversation centered around in a double bounty list, do you take Pierce or do you take an officer? Now, I'm not saying that this data is conclusive, but you also have to look. I mean, what that was only two lists, right? Was that Garn and Screw Tape that ran double bounty um, with generic officer? There was a bunch of people that were like a big proponent of the Imperial Officer deal. I, I mean, I've, they were definitely, I think, some of the loudest voices. And in their case, um, it was definitely from the those corner of the Legion community with Screw Tape and all those folks. Yeah. So they were the ones that were running strict, strict Officer Boba at um, at Adepti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a recon intel spam with CF, and you know both uh, of them, uh, it looks like they were the the two. Um, they both had really tough matchups early, right? Like Screw Tape faced uh, Depinto in his first game, and Garn faced Kingsley in his second one. So, um, I, I don't. His luck ran out. I don't know that that's short. short <laughs> <but> yeah, <laughs> take your Garn gun and shove it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm hoping for a little Garn gun action. Um, right. Turns out search to crits really good. Yeah. Yes, it's excellent. It is. Uh, it's probably the best thing in the game. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't know that that's like dispositive uh, necessarily. Um, that the generic officers sort of are not here anymore. Um, I actually could be. So I don't. I've already said I don't really like double bounty because of, you know you have two uh, 
really important pieces in Boba Fett and Bosk, and those those two pieces can only give themselves orders. So you've got three turns. Well, I mean, really, unless you take push, you have five turns where one of the two of them does not have an order. Um, and that's a huge problem, in my opinion. Like, we talk a lot about activation control, you know, and you got to think about, like, how many focus pieces you have. Often those are characters, um, and how many turns you can ha not have orders on one of those characters. Part of the reason I love Wonder, you know, uh, the quote-unquote standard Wonder Twins so much is because the only time, the only turn you don't have an order on Luke is on your coordinated bombardment turn, and you have Improv for that. Um, so, you know, that's why, personally, I don't like Double Bounty. Um, you know, in actually both of those games, in, in both um, Garna and Screwtape's games, um, there was a turn where Bubba Fett didn't have an order, uh, or like went early in the turn or something, and basically got gunned down because his token was in the bag. Um, so uh, I think that is, you know, you can somewhat mitigate that with piloting, um, but those are two very skillful pilots, and it still happen to them. So um, I'm all, I'm all about the activation control, and to me, double bounty has problems there, um, but. That's just my. That's just like my opinion, man. It's just your opinion, you know. I think you. I, so there's definitely merit to the, um, kind of command order thing going on there. I do think that you have to be significantly more cagey with both bounty hunters when you're running double bounty. Like you can't, you can't dive with um both characters at the same time. No. No, you definitely can't. Um, and you really shouldn't be diving with either of them anyway. Um, well, but... if you like last, you know, flamethrower into first whipcord, like diving with Boba is fine if he's like on the other side of a wall or something. Yeah, I mean, probably. It's just, you know, like I think about how I play Bosk and typically you want to, your whole game wants to be last first, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's actually how his command cards are set up too. Right, like lying in wait is the last card. Rampage and Diaxis are first cards. And if you're running them with Veers, you know, maximum firepower is a last boss card, right? Um, if that makes sense. Because you, you have his token in the bag and use improv, improv to throw him back. So um, like with Bosk and also with Boba Fett, it's all, about, it's all about that last first activation, popping out, shooting something, shooting something and popping back. And you just do that all game. Um, and I think that's considerably harder to do with double bounty. Um, but let's talk about General Veers, because he is in five of these eight top lists. I don't think we've ever done a Veers episode. Have we? No. I mean, he's pretty generic, man. Unlike the generic officer. He's like, probably the most van vanilla the commander besides the actual generic commanders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, But that doesn't mean he's bad. Obviously, he's not bad. Um. The, and I think the reason that he's not bad is because of the tools that he's supporting are good, right? Like Empire has good tools between both bounty hunters, um, you know, Death Troopers, the tank, uh, even even Vader. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, is the, the, the dude playing Vader at Kublacon this week was actually using Imperial Discipline to get Force Choke back. <laughs> love it. Love it. And choking two times. That's, it was that's, pretty amazing. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think that the main thing that Veers does is he 
really amplifies what Imperials already do well, and that's spend aim tokens. They're good at that. Oh yeah, yeah. And he. Could... I wish I could fix my dice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, he gives he gives out two of them, right? Like yeah. That's... It's um, really quite excellent. And he's got a range three gun that doesn't suck, so he can fire that off and still give out two aim tokens um, safely. Like if Leia wants to kill stuff, she's got to usually forego take cover to get in there. Yeah, that's kind of the biggest reason that I like Veers over Krennic is the difference between having to be in range three and range two for your commander to shoot things is significant. It's huge. Overall. Yeah. Um, Krennic is like likely to not fire a shot in most of my games, the way I play. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, also, I think that uh, with the resurgence in suppression and um, just like suppressive lists in general, Imperial Discipline has gotten a lot better. I agree. Yeah, if you're in an Empire Mirror, if you're facing Death Troopers or Bosk or both, uh, or Krennic, or all three, um, Imperial Discipline is much more useful than it used to be. It also becomes more useful the more useful exhaust cards we see entering the game. Yeah, it's really good on Death Troopers. Yep. Um, you know, I think that's that's one of the reasons to play middle management as opposed to just Krennic is Imperial Discipline. Right, um, and middle management being Krennic and uh, Death Troopers and Veers in some combination. Right, taking two support commanders rather than support plus hero, whatever the heck that is, Boba, Vader, whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the interesting questions is his command card suite. It, his command cards overall, like the fact he... he He's just got two command cards. I don't consider evasive maneuvers anywhere close to a command card. Cause it sucks. <laughs> I mean, it's got pips on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I. Uh... No, it's bad. It's terrible. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's bad, just. Yeah. yeah. It's not but good. Back in the back in the pre-sniper days, if viewers triple bikes, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, if vehicles were in the meta, yeah. it would be fine. If everything and its mother didn't have Starfighter One, <laughs> bikes would be probably fine. Yeah. Well, they they so used to be, they used to be great one. before the Commando release. Now they're yeah. not. Now it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're really not. They just get eaten. Yep. Yeah. You can only use a dodge token once on them too it's not like rebels where it persists and so it's like okay i avoided one shot out of like the million that are coming at me yeah, yeah you're it's... telling me that a rebel trooper is more nimble than a speeder bike i call bullshit i don't know <laughs> hey man they're wearing they're wearing uh you know there's special nimble jackets that don't provide any armor whatsoever but allow them to like you know i've always i've always viewed nimble not like literally matrix style dodging but just as being hard to hit because they're taking cover and moving around and stuff yeah. They, yeah, it's not like it's not like they're Neo <laughs> and time slows down. They're certainly not Neo because they die a lot. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean Anyway, the evasive maneuvers is terrible, is what we were saying, but yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's not good. But I mean Imperial Discipline that's fine. Yeah. Like he's still good. It um, it is still good. But uh 
so I'm down on maximum firepower. I don't know about you, Kyle. I know you've been playing Veers for a while now. Um, uh, but blasphemy. Yeah, maximum firepower. I don't know. It doesn't do enough for what it costs me, in my opinion. <laughs> well, okay. So here's the thing. What do you mean by what it costs you? What does it cost you? And what do you mean by doesn't do enough? Because uh, last I checked, four hits is pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but like in most Imperial Mirrors, it's like, eh, you did two wounds or something. All right, cool. They're just going to like medic it back. Whatever. Um, it's great if you get a, a whole strike team. And that's about the only application that I really am happy with maximum firepower anymore. Um yeah, I mean it's not it's not as good as coordinated bombardment because you only get one target. Um, it's also different, right? Like it's great against vehicles. Not that those are really a thing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I I the fact that it has impact on it means next to nothing to me. I don't think that's relevant to this conversation. No, I that's fair. I agree. Um, the other thing it is though is that unlike coordinated bombardment, which is no more no less typically than two hits. Um, it's it's more concentrated, which means it's better for scoping, because you don't actually need to scope one model, right? Like if you're trying to scope a heavy, or you're trying to scope a medical droid, or whatever, you can probably just see two models, or even sometimes three models, and sure. you can still scope that that specialist. I mean, they still get the real saves. It's not like it's got pierce or anything. No, I know. It's um, and it's definitely better against rebels than it is against empire, because yeah. four hits against yeah. rebels goes a lot farther. Um, DLT spam chased armor out of the meta and Veers is like co- coming along and picking up the rear with max firepower. Wait, yeah. come back! <laughs> but I haven't used max firepower on you yeah. yet. It's it's yeah. not even four hits though. Like when you want to play it generally, whatever you want to shoot is in heavy cover almost always. Yeah, no, it's um, typically three. You're right. Yeah, just sharpshooter one. Yeah, I mean yeah. sharp one's fine. Um, I all I'm saying, you have surge you know, to crit. You know the uh, most of the times that I play maximum firepower. I would have rather had ambush, I think. Um, I mean, I usually get it out of the way early. But it's also one of those cards, if you save it till late, when you've got a weakened unit that you can finish off with it. It's pretty good for that, too. Um, but yeah, it's not... Bees did that to me in Invader League, actually. He did that. It was really, really nasty. Just waiting until you have a weak Rebel Trooper unit. Then you just max them and finish them off, yep. and it's almost guaranteed to kill mm-hmm. them. Yeah, that's a good use of it. Um. Yeah. Uh. I. So if my opponent does not have medics, I also use it to to proc hunter to wound in another character. Sure. Um. If they've got one or more medics, that's not as productive. Although, like, you can still do it. Um. You know, against a, a character with a poor save like Krennic or you know, uh, Leia or Chewie. Um, Any of the rebels except Luke. Or I'll even or Luke. Sabine. Yeah, Luke is actually a pretty good target for it because um, he's still 50-50 yeah. in it and wounds on Luke are money. Right. Shipping two wounds off Luke at the start of the game if your opponent is is not uh, canny enough to hide Luke from you is pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, all of those things are great. I guess my overall arcing point here is that I, I would rather have two one-pips that gave orders to Boba than one one-pip that gave orders to Boba and a half-assed three-dice roll that, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, I can see that perspective. I mean, I, I think this kind of goes back to my earlier point about coordinated bombardment. You're generally using this early, and if you're running improvised orders, which you often are, 
with veers um you're it's like the opportunity cost of using it is pretty low well, because because of the focus character that you have that veers is supporting you want to be reactive anyway so you just throw their token back with improv i'm gonna hard disagree no <laughs> i think that the initiative you're spending on that is huge i think spending a one pip card on turn one is terrible um generally uh it, so coordinated bombardment fine yes the, th the thing it about is. it is that like those one pip cards are meant to like i need to do something important this turn i need to get it done and get out and um when you only have one as opposed to two that's a huge deal on like turns four five and six when you know there's probably an activation discrepancy you don't want to go last after you know the first two turns anymore and if you've got two one pips banked in the tank for those turns on an important character as opposed to a support character i think that's huge yeah i just feel like the opportunity cost is low but that's just i have found myself playing bombard less to your point dash i found it i found um myself playing it less on turn one and playing a lot more assaults on turn one a lot more standing orders lately on turn one yeah just because it's it's mostly because I'm playing strict now, so I'm using it using assault as a way to like mitigate turn one suppression. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I'll so. do push on turn one. Um, I mean, I like, I like it at least on turn one. I like Veers to activate early, and we'll get into uses of spotter. Uh, but because typically, at least with Veers, you can afford to kind of hide two sniper teams completely on turn one, and then feed them aims, and then they can pop out when when you pull their tokens. Um, and shoot. So I definitely like Veers to make sure that I'm going before my sniper teams. Um, but you can do that to your point with Assault or whatever also. Yeah, I mean, most of the, you know, even if you just standing orders and like to toss it down on Veers, like that's also fine. You know, uh, so the whole uh, art of orders and stuff, um, forget who it was that was, did it the first time I saw this. It was to bring back Garn, Garn and Screwtape. They, so Improv is like a standard Veers, Krennic, like maybe less than Krennic, but, you know, standard, you know, give it to your support hero. I had never seen somebody recover Improv before a couple weeks ago. That's actually like a really good use that never even crossed my mind. I'm like, oh, this will untap at the end of the turn. Um, but if you like put an order on just Veers, say on your max firepower turn, kind of wait to max firepower you draw an operative token toss it back with improv and then just go with veers next recover improv and like shoot something um you're able to delay twice as opposed to just once yeah which is really good it is and it's 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 especially good on characters like veers that often don't have anything better to do yeah veers is a little bit of an exception because i feel like he's his actions are more valuable than like a generic officer totally, totally. but if you if you've got a generic officer or krennic you know and you pull their token and you've already used improv once yeah recover flip it back you never know um just an interesting tech piece that had come up yeah um so we talked about maximum firepower. I do want to, we've talked about scoping before. I think we had like a whole episode on scoping and cohesion, but um, if you're playing against, I mean, you can scope even against experienced players, depending on how the terrain is set up. Um, so always be looking for opportunities to do that, to basically like selectively 
use terrain to hide models to eliminate the ones that you want. And it's going to be um, easier to do that because terrain's going to be more fair. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if uh, I'm glad we can hear the sarcasm in your voice uh, in addition to the quotation marks that you just threw up on the webcam there. Um, no, it's a, no, you're right. Like more line of sight blockers creates more opportunities for this, even to the extent where you can scope models out of the center of units, right? Like you're supposed to put them in the center uh, in cohesion, your, your heavies and your medics and stuff, because it's typically harder to scope them. Um, if you can set it up such that you've got two line of sight blockers on opposite sides and you can like edge it, you can actually scope things in the middle. I actually just saw um, in today, uh, Nicky Milan played Finn and he scoped um, with Boba Fett, just a regular Boba Fett shot. He scoped the DLT out of a Death Trooper squad because um, it was in the middle and he basically lined it up like between two pieces of intervening line of sight blocking terrain. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, That's a pretty good move. So you can. You can scope against good players. You know, it's definitely easier to do against inexperienced players, but it still works against good players. And maximum firepower is excellent for that because of the unlimited range. So, um, you know, medics mitigate that a little bit because uh, you can also, you know, if your opponent's running two medics, you can bring back a medic with a medic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's still useful to do often. So, med Should, med should that even be a thing? Like. Med medical yeah. droids are clearly meant to heal biological units, and those droids are not biological units. Yeah, it feels weird, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, like how you designate a specific mini in a unit a different type of trooper than the unit they belong to. I don't know. It's got like droid in the name, doesn't it? <laughs> it, it does. Um, <laughs> it just does. seems a little like clumsy rules wise to do something like that, but. I have a question. Yeah. Okay, so let's say let's say my fully healthy medic medic gets scoped. Yep. Okay. No charges on it. If I res it, does it come back with all the charges? I mean it comes you know, the wound tokens don't move on or off the card regardless of whether it's on the table. Right, right. So okay, that's what I thought. So Okay, interesting. Someone asked me that the other day and I'm like, just I think I think that's how it works, but I wanted to ask you guys because yeah, I Yeah, there's I mean, you haven't put any put any know tokens on it from capacity yet so yeah the state didn't change right and even like if it's you know if it's if it's tapped if it's got two wound tokens on it and you kill it and you bring it back like it doesn't lose those wound tokens <laughs> um yeah exactly. they don't go anywhere so yeah it it's yeah. state doesn't change uh are, so let's talk about coordinated fire versus imperial discipline sure oh boy I think this is a legit conversation now with more suppression being thrown around and more usefuls, uh, usefuls, useful uses for the uh, recover exhaust. Well, we know how strong CF is with strict because strict lets you automatically remove one suppression instead of rally. Yeah, right. So, we, so real quick, let's talk about how to quote unquote properly do a coordinated fire build. I know we've talked yeah, about this sure. before, Let's but it's, it's worth... So there's basically yeah. two ways, and you can use these in combination if you want to go crazy. Two ways to do a coordinated fire build. The first is to use strict orders and or uh, like an officer upgrade. Um, and basically you aim... You know, coordinated fire um, gives out three orders to core units. You aim with 
your core units that have face-up orders, if they've been suppressed, you just pull it off with strict orders so that you make sure they get two actions. You aim, you pass the aim to the next unit. And then with that unit, you also aim, which gives you a second aim. And then you pass those two aims to the next unit, etc. And you essentially grow a stack of aim tokens. Yeah. Um, um, you can also do it with comms relay by relaying an order to viewers. To qualify yeah. that with, I think yeah. that it's not or anymore. I think it's and. Um, I think with the introduction of Bosk and Death Troopers, you have to deal with two suppression tokens more often than not on that first squad than just yep. one. Um, so I think an officer plus strict orders is actually where you want to be, not an officer or strict orders. And you mean by that you mean the officer upgrade, not the generic officer? Yes, unit. yeah. You want an officer yep. in the starting squad, and you want strict orders on whoever's given out the orders. Or yep. it doesn't matter, I think, who set the orders or strict orders. Right. No, but, I agree. Um, just to, yeah, just to make sure it goes off because there's so much suppressive rolling around. They're gonna target the unit that you're going after first. So, yep. Um, oh yeah, and you can also do comms relay to relay an order to Veers so he can spot her, your first two units, and then even if they don't get any aims, you're guaranteed that you're passing two aims around. Yeah. So, and if you want, you can use both of those in combination. You know, spot or two units. One of those two units is an officer. You got strict orders. He takes an aim. You've got minimum three aims. Um, I had a, I did this uh, again, going back to round robin. I, I had a round robin game where I think I ended up with like seven aims on Bosk at the end of a coordinated fire chain. <laughs> it's just like a second um, line and wait. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> it's 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 way better than that, but it's a second line and wait. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Because it's line and wait, except all your other units also get like three or more aims. Yeah. Um, it was great. It's when it works out like that, it's it's a it's a freight train. But, you know, there's more suppressive tools out there. Um competitive games tend to be a little bit more cat and mouse rather than gun line type engagements. Uh so uh, it's you know, it's not always easy to like go to that place where you're just turning all your dice to hits and wiping your opponent off the table. Um and I think Imperial Discipline deserves some consideration in light of that. Yeah. Because it's a lot more flexible. Um, I agree with that pretty universally. Um, I think it's a little bit of a shame. I'm So I'm not a huge fan of where suppression is headed <laughs> overall. You mean with the, the significant quantities of it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And 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 that's coming from somebody that's dishing most of it out. Uh, yeah, I just lists that don't have access to ways to mitigate suppression in any fashion um, are in a real big trouble. But um, yeah, I mean, a coordinated fire is still fine. I think strict orders is probably enough to get you through most of those turns. Um, Again, with boards being more fair, um, coordinated fire also gets worse. Yeah. So. I agree. Um, well, and I think I think if so, the shorthand for me, I feel like, is if a if you're running coordinated fire, you got to build for it with uh, relay and or strict and or imperial officer. Yeah, you can't just take it anymore. Um, right. Um, also. Uh, I think if you're running death troopers in some capacity with veers, I think you just take imperial discipline. I think that's your shorthand. Yeah. I, if you if you yeah if you've got death troopers in your list, you take discipline. 
I was gonna say with like precise two, you only need one aim token anyway, because yeah. one is as good as two. So you know you don't need coordinated fire. Well, it's not quite as good as two, but it makes it so that you have like a seventy-six percent chance to get six hits. Well, it's, <laughs> it's four. Okay, yeah, it's 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 four rerolls once as opposed to two rerolls so twice. I actually think the biggest deal with death troopers in a list that also has coordinated fire in it is that it's they're really competing. Because in a coordinated fire list, you want the death troopers to go last. And generally speaking, if death troopers are in your list, you want them to go first so they don't get shot and have like a mitigated dice pool by the time they go. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's death troopers are going to roll like a million hits anyway. So why would you? Why do you? Well, even that's the thing. Tokens? You know, um, uh, well, you, only you, need you want one. You want one aim <laughs> token. Know. Yeah. Yeah, you only need one. That's, that was my point earlier. Is like you have precise two. So. You definitely want one though to bring your floor yeah. up. Um, one oh, makes yeah. a huge difference too. Is like whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely in today's meta. I think coordinated fire is significantly less of a deal than it was six months ago or whenever. Um, I guess it really wasn't even that long. They released in what January. Remember that time we were all like 48 aim tokens. <laughs> remember that hey, time? Man. Yeah, I remember 48 that aim time. tokens is still good. And it, it is and still it, really good. Yeah, you can get up to a lot more than that. Uh, well, you will be able but to. But it's better on Star <laughs> Um But anyway. Uh, so yeah, I think I think the shorthand is if you take coordinated fire, if you're building for it, otherwise take this yep. one. Um, yeah. This one's also really good with DTs because of the free recovery. Well, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's why you do it. So I take discipline. Get it back with recover, shoot your suppressive config twice, and laugh as your opponent can't remove suppression. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about... And you can't do objectives, you just gun him down as he walks forward. Just, you know, and your mistake for taking anything not what I took. And I definitely don't think we can overstate the suppression removal. Like, we just talked about how good symbol of rebellion was on Sabine. You know, discipline oh, yeah. lets you do that on three units. Oh, it's excellent. Oh yeah, um, it's a little bit. It overlaps a little bit with strict, with strict and disciplined. But who cares, man? Like, it's any number. It's better than both of those combined. Well, the nice thing about um, discipline and strict is that actually combos very well together in that they recover when they're issued the order token, and they can if they get yeah. shot between then and when they activate, they can still strict it off. That's also good. That's excellent. Um, in fact, yeah. I had not considered this. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 significantly <laughs> less redundant than um subs. Than yeah. I, th I previously thought. Yeah. Um, yeah that's true. All right. So, what command upgrades? We talked about strict orders already. We talked. I guess we talked about improv. We've talked a lot about improv. Uh, improv or bust, man. I love improv. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. If you're playing double bounty, Im improv is probably a must. Uh, I think it's less needed if you're playing one bounty hunter, um, because you can kind of just always issue an order to whatever that bounty hunter is. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> if you're taking Veer's Bosk or Veer's Boba, three of the cards in your deck say um, only give it to the bounty hunter. Two. No, no, I, I, I agree on, on double bounty. Uh, I, I disagree that it's not as uh, also not great on single bounty. I, I think you want strict on single bounty. I think it's, I think it's still bounty. solid. 
I think you want strict by a significant margin. Why not both? Because then you're spending an extra 10 points on uh, General Veers, who's a support unit that is best when he's efficient. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I really like my uh, my Bosk control on my maximum firepower turn, but maybe I shouldn't even be taking maximum I'm telling power. telling you, man. So. Ambush. <laughs> ambush is where it's at. I have, I have a new love for Ambush. Um, generally. De- you know, Mike isn't wrong. I've been running Leia, Leia simply because neutrals are so good and Strict is good with neutrals. And yeah, yeah, I like I like neutrals, man. Neutrals are gross. You mean so? You mean solo Leia? Yeah, yeah solo yeah. Leia with Chewbacca. Yeah. Who's and I don't, I don't even run Marines and Brawn. I run Push because Chewie often is just like you know. Dead. Well, Shark so... yeah, <laughs> Shark Bay, Man, yeah. Chewie really needs like his own. Chewie needs Chewbacca command. Can we talk about that for just a second? Because this is a pet yeah, peeve that I've had for a very long time, and I really want to get it off my chest. Yeah. Um, okay, go for it. Why in God's name does the most vulnerable <laughs> and easy-to-kill hero have a command hand of three command cards that not only need him to be alive, but whoever they are partnered with to be alive to be useful in any way? And in your list, well, in the first place. let's let's omit that piece of it because it, it, we're we, <laughs> if if we're having this conversation, <laughs> we we've already jumped that hurdle. But like, you, you know, it's it's well, very feasible to kill a hero by turn two or turn three nowadays when your opponent can't do a ton about it. But like, his command cards are so bad just by virtue of the fact that somebody is dead by the time you want to play them almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say notorious scoundrels is the exception. But yeah, I don't, it's, it's just like sad that you've got a dumpster two thirds of his command hand and whatever you're running. Um, It is super. And you look at like what separates him from Bosk. It's the command cards. Uh, and range, range four, four, you know, but Chewie's got other stuff like Guardian. I um, actually think that even if Chewie's cards were good, I don't think he. I think Bosk would be way better by a significant margin. Okay, but they're certainly not helpful. No, no, yeah, yeah. And the command yeah. cards are what one of what makes Bosk so. I mean, amazing. Chewie's cards could be excellent if you could take more than one, and they weren't super fragile. I mean, they're they're really strong abilities. They're individually the abilities they're, yeah are they're very yes. excellent um it's just it's it's very difficult to make them work because you have to build for one of those three characters and then you have to have both of them on the table so um yeah anyway that was a super well i mean uh, we we could talk about chewy forever um well, I mean, well, okay, so Chewie's terrible, and... I don't think Chewie's terrible. Uh, Death Troopers are killing everything, and... I don't, <laughs> I don't think Chewie's see. terrible. I th- Jay, you can cut this later. <laughs> you, you might get the impression that FFG hates Rebels, but... But, but FFG I, I actually, hates Rebels. I think... that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but FFG hates Rebels. I love, I, do, I love the theme that they are going for with Chewie. It's just... It's hard George to Bush! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to continue that line. Uh, <laughs> doesn't care about rebels. Uh, all right. Should we get oh, back man. on this, this Veers train here? <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. Oh, Jay. I'm so sorry. 
Jay's right on timestamps. <laughs> we are getting super punchy. Um, all right, let's let's close out this. Uh, let's close out this fears thing. I think Chewie's. I think Chewie could be good with good command. Cards. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real though. Um, all right. Uh, all right. So, how to use Veers? I hear Veers is the Atari killer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes, it's episode 34, and we're only just now talking about it. Um, no, he's it's because he's boring and awesome at the same time. Best commander at in the, the game. At the same time. Stamp. Yep. Actually, I kind of agree with that statement. I, yeah, I mean, in that... Okay, so, so here's my question. Yeah, yeah. What makes him the so, best commander in the game? I... I am thirsty for aim tokens. Sure, 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 sure. I think so. I I had a lengthy conversation on Discord about this with a couple guys the other day. Um, you know, people are like, "Oh, Luke's the best commander in the game because Luke's lightsaber was great and he's got jump and do 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 and fine." Um, but uh, I actually think, you know, um, I've started to change my mindset on this. In that, um, I think that generally speaking, the quality of your commander is almost built around how the list overall that they're a part of functions and i think it is clear at this point that general veer's efficiency and his flexibility generally um have just kind of made the list that have him in it stand out what is that because he's super cheap yeah that's that's definitely a part of it um is it is the fact that his you know that you don't want to take um, is two pip because it's terrible and you can throw in push and, you know, have something that, you know, is a little bit more flexible to give your bounty hunters orders on it. Yeah, that's great too. Um, I don't know. I mean, you could, you could take general veers with no command cards and he would be fine. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I actually, so I think there's a distinction and you touched on this between best commander and best individual yeah. unit, yeah. right? Like, I think Luke is, is certainly a better individual unit, but Beards is kind of like an empty glass, right? Like, you can you fill him with whatever you want, and he's a good yep. container for it. Um, even if you're not using all of his tools, uh, aim tokens are good. His gun is good. I think his gun is way better than Leia's, because it's strange. I think the glass is half full. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, I think that there is a conversation to be had that Krennic uh, is is a better commander. I don't know. Um, I haven't played enough with Krennic. He's he's far less flexible in my experience. Uh, yes, they're like you're not going to slot him in the same variety of builds that you're going to slot yeah. figures into. But he's got a lot of great tools, right? Compels a good tool. Um, all of his command cards are great. He's he's like he's like a without having to take Boba Fett or IRG or Palpatine or Vader, he's like a soft loot counter, right? Because both voracious ambition and deploy the garrison can preempt a close assault. De- yeah, deploy the garrison has turned out to be a lot better than I. Uh, I also thought that card was. Um, it turns out free standbys are quite excellent. Yeah, the standby action is terrible. Uh, free standbys are great. Yeah, 
<laughs> Especially free standbys that occur before yeah. the turn starts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, and Death Troopers are great, which makes Krennic great. So I, th I think there's a conversation, certainly, that that title belongs to Krennic, but this episode is. I also bad, so. don't think Krennic's um, been out long enough for us to really determine that. Yep. Are you, are you saying it's not Jin? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry, Jin. I love your character. I, hate I know. Your, I know. love her character. <laughs> but once again, once again, FFG has disappointed me. <laughs> we love you, FFG. We love you, FFG. She was okay in X-Wing. She sucked in Destiny. She kind of sucks in Adam Legion. Sabine's really good, though. Kind of. Sabine is really good. Yeah, Sabine's yeah. amazing. Like, I, it's just no comparison, man. Jin's like a worse well, Han think... and like a worse Luke in a lot of ways. Ugh. She's good at not dying to DLTs. That's true. A lot of things aren't good. Aren't good. Are, are good against DLTs. <laughs> yeah. Heavy cover and dodge is reasonable against DLTs. Hell, even light cover um... dodge. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry for that tangent. That's okay. Um, so what? <laughs> so what? Are you, what builds are you running Veers in? I mean, I think the answer is every single like one, almost any of them. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. Well, not every single one, but you could make okay. a useful one. Almost more than five out of eight. I'm actually disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> what? That there's only five? There's only five. Yeah, I was expecting like six or seven out of eight, but yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, you can put him in pretty much anything. I think that's the that's the good news, right? Is that it's just like he goes anywhere. He's cheap. He's affordable. He lets you spend two hundred points on an ATST if that's really what you want to be doing. But you know, um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, pretty good with a tank. Yeah, I mean, he's good with vehicles, but too bad most of the vehicles aren't good. But the tank is. Is good. it? I, I don't think we. I. I'm not sure about that yet. Jay's over here shaking his head. Yeah, yeah, the tank's good. The tank's like the best vehicle yet. No, oh, man, that's the land speeder. I think the land... I, I know, but... No? Okay, so here's a question. And we're getting... Uh, we should probably wrap this yeah. up. So maybe this is an interesting time. I'm getting super punchy, and time. it's like we're coming up on an hour and a half. Okay. So. Um, if Rebels had a vehicle mm -hmm. commander, would the land... Like, how would that affect the Rebel vehicles? Because rebels don't have one, right? Like notionally, at least Empire has one in vehicles. I think it would um, help. I think overall, the reason that we do not see vehicles is um, over overarchingly, arcingly, um, the fact that they generally don't score objectives. Like what? What? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, no, you know, totally. I, I get that we're playing a trooper game, but the fact that like an ATRT can't score most objectives seems silly to me. Um, what I would like to see is more objectives that are vehicle oriented that, you know, vehicle lists can bid for and slant into their decks. I think that changes the vehicle game more than anything, any other change that we could talk about. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree as well. Part of me though is like, eh, Tauntauns will come out and they'll never be seen again. That's the that's the pessimist. Uh, well, Tauntauns can, probably can score objectives, I'm, aren't they troopers? And they're they're also I, like we don't, better we for don't the really points. 
Yeah, we don't really know yet. Um, well, sort of. But we, we know we know their keyword suite, and we know that like they have relentless. So, you know. Yeah, we also know they're super vulnerable to hunter. That's also true. <laughs> so to, that's my big hey, worry. Maybe 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 Bosk will just kill them too. Who knows? Hey, you know what? It's uh, on the bright side. At least units with hunter are not popular right now. Already. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was. That was sarcasm. Oh, oops. Yeah, no, like Death Troopers, Bosk, Baba, I think are all going to have their way with Tauntauns, but um, we'll see. Oh, uh, I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah. Jay's making the Jay's making the shut up, guys. So I want to go to bed. Uh, Cut him it's off. nine thirty. Cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So that was a rambly episode on Veers and. Rebels versus Empire and uh, Terrain. Nope, that's as thoughts? far into politics as I'm going to get today. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear about this new NES game? <laughs> Super Mario Brothers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be big. For the Destroyer Scoundrels. <laughs> I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. It's me, Amara. Join us next week for another episode of The Notorious Scoundrels.